Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday to everyone. What's happening, Ryan? How you doing, man? Fishing and competition, baby. That's what we're Fishing here for. competition every dang time. Every time. Hey, what a big weekend we had, man. Uh, Pickwick's Ooh. in the books, the last BOS week or tournament of the year. You had a hell of a weekend. We're going to get into that in a minute. You made a you made a push for it, at it. Caught you a big one, and, or a couple of good ones, actually. Both one each day. And man. Made a run at that top ten. Got you a nice little check. I try, man. I try. Fake it till you make it. That's what they say. Yeah, we want to talk about that for sure. Uh, we can go over my sob story of a weekend as well. Uh, I can't wait. Had the TOC staring me in the face, and uh, what I don't know what you call it. Shit the bed, spit the bit. All of it. Uh, all had of a that. meltdown. Hey, all now, of that. All. We we had what three three of the guys in the house uh, were on the cut line for TOC. Uh, you, Tarek, and Dylan were all like just you know right there uh, you know last last move to make on the chessboard yeah uh jesse who jesse you know, son wow uh, about jesse he was in the house and he put up a, a huge limit on day two man he was on so a fun fact jesse halverson when, when i first really met jesse um we walked into a questionable establishment in shreveport louisiana and I look near a stage of some sort, and I see a Yak Addicts t-shirt. And immediately, I'm like, all right, that's my boy right there. I walk up, and it's a, we're at the national championship a couple years ago. Walk up, and it's Jesse Halverson. And we have quite uh, an eclectic crew with us anyway. Uh, Jameson Redding and Shane, Corey Dreyer, and Josh Evans. We, we, had, uh, we had, had a pretty, pretty wild bunch with us. But immediately, Jesse and I struck this kinship up. Well, Jesse started talking all this trash about Tennessee River Smallmouth, and he's always pushing me, trying to get me to hand over the keys to my little Gunnersville Smallmouth spot in the springtime. That's motivated Jesse to find his own little deal down on Pickwick, and he talked—I mean, he talked a lot of trash, saying that he had found it, and I didn't believe him at all. At all, not a little bit. Day one, he completely missed. I mean, just whiffed. Didn't even touch the ball. <laughs> Day two, he starts sending pictures to our group chat. A freaking magnum smallmouth. And I'm like, what in the hell is happening? Then we show up to like get checks, and Jesse's there. Like Jesse, Jesse was the Dakota Lithium power move because he smashed him. Hat is off to Jesse Halverson. You mashed him up, man. Good job. He did, and that's the first time I got to meet and hang out with Jesse a little bit. He's uh, wild, so son. He, he's a hundred percent wild. Uh, we traded some message after the fact. I told him congrats. I said, dude, I'm gonna need a lesson on these river systems because Darnell and Pickwick kicked my ass both those, and and he actually gave me a few little tips uh, for the next time through, and and we'll see what happens. But uh, and, and Jesse will tell you a lot of when you're fishing river systems, a lot of it is current dependent. Without the current, those fish. They're not in feed mode. It's like flipping a light switch. Like, you know, when you turn the current on, those fish are ready to feed. If they're not ready to feed, you have to kind of figure out where they're holding and really almost hit them in the head with something to, to activate, you know, them to bite anything. Yeah. We got a big show tonight. I know we got Guillermo Gonzalez, of course, one of the best in the country everywhere he goes, but he's the winner of this tournament. We're glad to see it. And he put on a show for two days. He'll be on here in just a little bit. They're on the road driving. Uh Brian in the comments, he says he don't know crap about river systems, but somehow he does well. You sure do. <laughs> Big stick. That's why you got the name, buddy. Um, Boy. Yeah, so we got Guillermo on. We got some announcements to make. Uh, we want to do a little little like and share contest tonight. We've got some simple stuff. If anyone wants some free KBN decals for their boats, trucks, or whatever, I got like six of them here at least we can give Ooh, away. So okay, like, and, right. like and share the stream. That's all you got to do. Uh, like and share the stream on Facebook, and there's the rules in the in the deal. Just like, share, and, and subscribe to us on YouTube, and we will hook you up with some decals. Just send me your address. We'll, we'll announce the winners at the end of the show uh, for that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what we get want to get into first while we're waiting on, on G to get on. Um, you, want, you want to go over your day, man? You want me to go over my sob story first? You go over yours. I feel like All it's right. more eventful. There's not really much to it other than... <laughs> Uh, I got I got to Pickwick early Thursday. I uh, did a little pre-fishing. We talked on the phone. I caught one keeper on Thursday, one on Friday. Both were barely keepers, and then I caught some dinks. I was confused, really didn't know what to do. Uh, for the tournament Saturday, uh, after the rain especially, I got a little information on where to maybe find some fish. 
Saturday, uh, and I th- think there were fish there because the ramp I launched at had everybody and their brother that knows how to catch them was launching at that location. <laughs> I ran into Brian out there on the water. Uh, but long story short, I caught one keeper pretty early, and that was it. And by noon, I checked the leaderboard, went into total meltdown mode, was lost as a goose. I think it's a video game term and a shooting term. I was just out there spraying and praying. <laughs> no, no plan, no direction, just spraying and praying all over the place and just – you know, loaded up my stuff, was contemplating life, thought about taking up disc golf or bowling or something. Uh, <laughs> I remember in, in, in the group chat, you actually asked Chase Tanner about yeah. disc golf. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll make the switch. I don't know. I got a pretty good eye for things. But, uh, you know, anyway, got my mind right. And uh, now I'm ready to take punishment, even though I, I've let go of my TOC dreams for this year. I'm going to just miss the cut. But it was still a great time there. I enjoyed hanging out with some folks at the house. Got to meet some guys that I hadn't really met in person before, like Jesse. Got to know Tarek a little better and, and had fun over there with you guys. But, yeah, 21s in make, the books. Does it make you want the next TOC more? Yes. All right, then. That's, I think yes. that's the goal. And that's a real important point. If, if TOC is not your goal when you start the year, reevaluate your goals. Like, that is the absolute pinnacle of what we're trying to do here um you know at awards the the people in that room most of them are previous toc qualifiers but you know hearing our guest tonight guillermo talk about how big of a bucket and guillermo's won about every damn thing there is to win honestly like if you google things to win especially in texas he's won all of them so for him to say that that was kind of a, a bucket list tournament to check off you know, winning the BOS series event is is huge, and that right. is an immediate qualification uh, to the TOC. And that I think a lot of people work for it every year. As we said, we had two or three guys on the cut line in our house, but that that's what we are are all chasing. We're all moving toward that that big final goal of seeing everybody in that top fifty at the TOC. That's right. And I don't know, uh, I know Tarek was right there with me on the cut line. He had a, I think he finished 30th or something. I don't know if that helped him or not. I'm hoping he can maybe squeak in. I know Vinny came there from Queen City. He might squeak in at the very end. So, I, you know, even though I had a horrible event and had a little mental meltdown, it was still cool to see a lot of people that I respect, a lot of friends like you, Ryan, Guillermo's a friend of mine, uh, and the other guys that, that I know in the tournament do, do well. It's always uh, good to see your buddies doing well, even if you suck it up. So that, that was fun to see. Um, tell us about your day, man, because I know you found some stuff practicing and, and you and, and Shane kind of got on the same water and, and hammered them for a couple of days. So there's not any secret in the world. I absolutely hate fishing with people. I hate it. Um, no offense to any of my friends, but I don't like fishing with a person. Uh, Shane and I fish tournaments together about three times out of the six years we've known each other. Uh, one of which was, was the national championship on Kentucky Lake where day one, I did well day two, Shane spanked my ass. Uh, the other one was the TOC where I obviously did okay in that one. Um, but we were sitting there <laughs> on day two of this event. We, we went and pre-fished. I posted a video of me towing Shane. The island that we fished in pre-fishing was like, I don't know, two and a half, three miles from the ramp. So I was like, hey, man, I'll tow you. You know, whatever. It'll be funny, blah, blah, blah. So we get up there. Shane catches like a 20 and a half. I want to say like his first or second cast. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. So I catch like a 17 and a half, 18 um, myself. And we marked, I was like, let's, you know, let's quit fishing. Let's mark some fish, figure out what we're doing. Uh, we figured out there were uh, enough fish holding there. Fished it on day one. I went up and found. Kind of froze there, Ryan. Uh-oh. We lost lunch money. Uh, there he is. You're back. Can, we lost you for a second. Where'd I go? I don't know. What do you got? You're back now. You're good. Okay. We, okay. We froze for a minute. Uh but anyway, continue. I'm back. You went up I'm and lying. you found. I went up and I found. Yeah. I found uh, a little grass line on the upriver end of this point, and I caught caught some fish scattered. You know, it was scattered grass on this flat, and busted a couple. And I, I needed a kicker fish, but there were bass boats coming in on me. I mean, I don't mean coming in like I could see them, like you know, I could read what was on their boat. 
I mean, like, if I caught a fish, they would come off plane and just beeline straight in on them. It was, it was frustrating. And I hate, I don't like fishing main lake spots anyway because of stuff like that. But anyway, I'm having to deal with it. So this guy and his wife come in. She's smoking Marlboro Reds off the back of the boat. He's casting in on my shit. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad. Um, and I throw like right up on the bank. I mean like a foot and a half of water. And you you know when you when that big fish bites, you just feel that just instant. I mean, line's tight, you know, your rod's bowed over like you know something terrible is is probably about to happen. That happened. And the line just starts swimming off and I'm like, oh God, this is this is either a catfish or this is a really big bass. And it was a really big bass. And she she starts jumping and head shaking right in front of this dude's boat. I get her in the boat and I'm like, you know, holding up like, is this what you wanted to see? Like, you know, ha ha, that's what you get. Uh, so he pulls his trolling motor up and leaves. I, I call Shane. I'm like, hey dog, like, come come take some pics for me. He's like, what'd you do? And I was like, it's this a good one right here. <laughs> like this this may be big bass of the tournament because I thought that was my only lucky charm. Uh, as, as of the past eight months is all I can do is catch big bass. Um, it was not big bass of the tournament, uh, as I learned later on, but anyhow, that solidified day one, day two, we went out, went back to the same Island. We went to the South end point and Shane busts off three big small mouth on three consecutive casts. And I caught like an 18 inch large mouth and couldn't really do anything past that. And I'm sitting watching Shane He's throwing a spinner bait. He's throwing a small spinner bait with three willow blades. It, it imitates a little bait ball. And I had like all my river spinner baits. I didn't bring anything under like three quarters of an ounce because I planned on river fishing. I couldn't find the smallie bite I wanted. So I'm watching Shane stroke these fish and I can't get bit at all. Like not even remotely. They wouldn't even look at it. And it, it that hurts my heart. Well, Shane's over here like in in front of me throwing back 17 inch fish throwing them back i have a 14 and a 12 and a half on my stringer i'm well within striking distance of the top three and shane's throwing back 17s and i'm like you know what do, i mean what do you do like i can't i can't leave and run to the tackle shop and and buy a bait so i just kept doing the same stupid thing i've been doing all day i'm dragging a freaking Texas rig, big TRD in yoga pants. And I'll post a picture of it at some point. That's what I caught all my fish on in two days. And was it painful? Yes. Was it slow? Definitely. Did it catch big fish? That's a fact. So, you know, while fast is cool, uh, consistency over two days is what will actually cash you a check. So I, I hated not being able to catch fish as fast and the way that, that Shane was doing but, you know, overall, in the last 10 minutes, I was dragging the same grass line I had caught a drum and a catfish off of earlier and ended up bagging, you know, that 20 and a quarter for like an eight inch upgrade in the last five minutes or so. Good stuff, man. It's awesome to see. It's uh, nuts. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Uh, G has slid into the, to the waiting room, so we don't make All him right. wait long because I know he's on the road. We're going to get him in here right after this break. And we've got some big announcements for y'all, too. You want to get into that before the break, after the break, later on? After the break. Let's do it after, after the break. break. All right, so let's take a break. We'll get Guillermo in here, and we'll, we'll get to talking to the big winner from this weekend. Everybody hang on just a minute. We'll be right back. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They are independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. All right, what's up? We're back. Guillermo, thank you, sir, for waiting patiently and for taking the time to do this, man. I know you're wore out. You've been on the road all day. Congratulations on the win, man. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. Oh, always, man. One of our our favorite guests to have on, one of the nicest dudes in kayak fishing, a friend of mine, friend of Ryan, so always glad to, to chat with you anyway, but especially after a birthday weekend win. How about that? Yeah, right? Pretty cool. Yeah. What's that elk on the wall behind you there, G? <laughs> That's actually a stag. Is it? Yep. Um, right. I, uh, I, I wish I could claim it, but it's it, it, it's my father's. Okay. Uh, All right. Let you borrow one. 
Okay. Yeah, he let me borrow one. <laughs> I'm heading to Idaho in like a week and a half for uh, for some elk, so that's pretty much all I see right now. That's awesome. That's Nothing so cool. But, I hope you get one, man. Well, I hate to cheat, but I'm definitely going to this year. I'm taking a bow and a seven mag. There's an elk coming home with me this year, I promise. Delicious. It will be. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. So tell us, I mean, obviously Jeff and I have told our stories of uh, lack of success. How did you put this puzzle together? Because you absolutely stroked the fish on Pickwick. Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, I went into Pickwick, and I, I remember telling a lot of people this, knowing absolutely nothing about it. Um, the, the the only, I mean, the only things that I really knew, I had, I had heard from friends like Christine and from Cody. And so I had that kind of basic knowledge, but, but aside from that, I, I didn't have, I didn't have too much else. And, and, you know, I had heard, so many things about these, you know, these giant smallmouth living up by the tail race or up in the river section and, and how, you know, how big of a sack you could catch if you could figure those things out. And, and I heard about, you know, some of the grass and, 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 and some of the few areas that seem to have it. Um, and I heard how pounded some of those areas were getting. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was a little bit intimidating because it kind of sounded like, the entire field, including me, I mean, we're probably going to be jammed up in those areas. Uh, so I, at that point, kind of made a decision for myself. And and honestly, out of pure, you know, I, Ryan, I heard you mention you don't like fishing with people. And I hate uh, it. I, I'm not saying I don't like fishing with people, but I, I certainly would rather not fish tournaments with people or with people all over me. And so I kind of made a decision to focus on some more off the wall water. And I spent almost all of my time on the lower lake, uh, closer to the Pickwick Dam. And uh, while I was down there, I, I didn't have a ton of practice. Uh, I took as many spots as I could, and I didn't get to spend too much time in any spot. But uh, I found a couple areas that looked promising to me. And, and one of the things that I kind of immediately realized was that the bite wasn't really easy and I wasn't going to be able to fish quite my style. Um, I really like to fish fast. I really like to power fish. I really like to throw top waters. And if I'm going to be quite frank, uh, that, that just was not working for me in practice. Um, every now and then, I'd catch like a 13 or 14 incher, but those aren't going to do anything for you. And so uh, in the particular spot that I ended up fishing the tournament, I had been there already for like three hours um, with a couple of other guys and, and none of us were really catching anything. And, and after talking to them, I decided, you know what, I, I really like this stuff. And, and for some reason, I don't know why I feel like I could make it work. And I did, I did get a couple of, uh, big swirls on top so i was like you know i know there's some big fish here maybe maybe if i stick it out i can i can figure out how to catch them and uh at that point i started uh, throwing a senko which is one of my least favorite things to do all time Ooh. Ooh. but man i'll throw a dang senko if i'm getting bit every three casts <laughs> it's a long man, day it's a long day they were eating the crap out of it i mean i think i think within 10 minutes on that practice day, uh, I had like four or five bites throwing the Senko and all. That's kind of neat. And so, uh, like I said, I can throw it if I'm getting bit. And so that's kind of what I decided to do. And I, I found a couple of places. Uh, I found a couple of other places where I could kind of make it work, but not quite like at this spot. And if I'm going to be quite frank, I didn't know how good this spot was until tournament day because i had barely fished it i made myself kind of leave it and uh turns out the spot was awesome and by, by some by some <laughs> miracle of god i had it to myself the entire tournament i did not have a boat 
a kayak. I had some kayaks fish near me, and at one point I had a couple kayaks come in and fish some of my stuff, and by some miracle, they didn't catch anything out of my stuff. I don't know how, but they didn't. So I got really lucky in that regard. Um, and, uh, yeah, on tournament day, I just kind of figured out, holy crap, th this spot has a ton of fish, and I made it a point to kind of pre-fish it on tournament day and really break it down and try to figure out where the fish were scraped up. And uh, I found a couple of hot spots that, uh, I mean, I, I pulled a fish on every cast in some cases for like 10 or 12 casts. So you said Senko. Were you wacky rigging it? Nico, Texas rig, weightless? Texas you can give the juice was, on that? Just, just Texas, Texas rig. The grass. And I actually, I was rigging it with a with a 16th ounce Senko. Uh, sorry, with a 16th ounce tungsten. Just, to, just so I could fish it a little faster. That's that's actually very similar to what I was doing. I I used a Texas rig big TRD. Um, I like using those or like uh, the Fatty Z. It's similar shape. It's got a little fatter tail on it. I like rigging those Texas rig. I don't peg the weight on my Texas rig, and I'll the elastic. I'll let it drift up and then pop it back down. It looks like a bait fish, you know, shooting back down into that grass. That's that's one of my favorite slow fishing, you know techniques when when it's grass fishing for sure well that you know i could see i could see that uh that big trd having worked just fine i mean once i got it's crazy once i got into some of these spots these fish i was fishing in and probably an average of about two two and a half feet of water and uh these fish acted like ledge fish <laughs> like once you caught one you would catch another one and then another one and then once you caught three you could throw any bait in your entire boat and they would eat it because they were just fired up and so actually on day on day one i made a few coals uh stroking a, a half ounce jig a half ounce black and blue jig and that helped me kind of get over the top on day one yeah that's you, that's crazy you kind of already explained <laughs> yeah i mean the the gaudy numbers you were putting up because if you look at you know tourney x day one let me throw it back up on the screen you know you had five plus nine so you had nine coals throughout the <laughs> throughout the day or nine other submissions and then on day two i think it was something similar uh plus 12 i mean what the heck g how many i mean obviously that's 17 fish right there how many fish do you think you caught between the two days um, I, if I had to guess between 80 and a hundred, Oh my God. Um, the camera boat, <laughs> the camera boat crazy. came by on day two that, uh, I caught, I think five fish in front of him. He's like, you're the only guy that's seen catch anything all day. And I was honestly kind of shocked, but, uh, it, it felt good, you know, to, to some degree, I, you know, I feel almost lucky. Um, it was definitely a great decision to decide to slow down. You know, I know. A lot of people out there, you know, did a lot of people caught fish, caught them good power fishing. A few guys did. And I applaud those guys. Um, and I tried to make it work, but I just couldn't. But that decision to slow down, I mean, it really it really was the key because if, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have gotten those bites and I would have completely written that area off. Um, I was about to write it completely off. And, and that last minute decision to slow down just completely changed my week. I think that's a good lesson for, for people to take with them. You know, when, when fish are aggressive and they're feeding, and we talked about current earlier and, and Jesse's uh, smallmouth bite that he got on, but when fish aren't aggressively feeding, it's not like the fish leave. Like, they don't pack up and, and go to some other part of the lake. Those fish are still there. You may just have to slow down and drag something in front of their face to get them to bite. You know, they're not always in, in an active feeding mode. No, and I think I think honestly a, a big part of it was pressure, um, because it seemed like first thing in the morning. I don't. I, I know a lot of people notice this all over the lake, and, and I don't believe that it was quite a shad spawn, but the shad were were insanely active first thing in the morning, and the bass were definitely pounding them. I mean, it it, it was pretty nuts and. And, you know, typically, I mean, I know I'm on a lot of lakes down here in Texas, 
whenever you see that, you can pretty much count on um, you can pretty much count on catching them on a spinner bait or a buzz bait or a spook or whatever it may be. Um, and for whatever reason, and I guess it's the pressure on Pickwick that wasn't the case. Um, but uh, I guess slowing down for some reason made a difference. I I couldn't tell you why they would eat the Senko and not a spinnerbait when they seemed to be feeding so aggressively, but it just seemed to be what worked for me. Like I said, I threw a bigger spinnerbait, and it was embarrassing how Shane caught him on that tiny little baby rooster tail ass spinnerbait. Like it was, <laughs> it was awful. Shane was throwing it on a bait caster, and the spinnerbait was so light he could cast it like twenty feet in front of his boat and would catch a fish every single cast. But it's because they were keying on those tiny little shad, and and I hate to give Shane too much credit, but. We went out on Chickamauga like two two or three years ago with a bunch of different guys, and it was the same time of year, September, in the slump, and all those bass were keying on these just tiny shad, and Shane started throwing a little bitty fluke, a little bitty fluke, and he, I mean, just, it, again, it was like flipping a switch, just started catching them, and I think that's what makes a difference. When those fish are keying on such small bait, you have to you have to downsize as far as you can or slow down to where it's just something they can't ignore. Those fish are there. They're around the bait. I mean, that's that's how they survive. They have to be there on the bait. But, you know, figuring out the puzzle on what's going to make them trigger uh, is the is the key to getting it done. You know, you guys after, think listening, that... after listening to you talk, Lambert, you know, the only the, the thing I just can't get past, man, is I, I should have gone and bought a beetle spin and thrown it. <sighs> that's what it looked like he was throwing dude i'm like what is that like how uh, it killed me it killed me and i was like do you have another one i was like i'll give you 500 dollars right now you got another spinner bait what is it let's go (laughs) do you you guys think that uh when it's like that if you don't have the bait to exactly match the hatch that maybe something like the cinco because it looks different and stands out is why you're getting bit on that i'll tell you what to me it was a phenomenon that i really couldn't explain um, the profile, something about that, that triggered them to eat. Like I said, once, you know, they, the fish were, seemed to be grouped up in the grass. Um, I, I would go a while without a bite and then I'd get into a group. And once I caught one, two or three, then it seemed like they got dumb and I could throw almost anything, but, uh, to get to initially find them, it seemed like it took the Senko, but, uh, and, and the, one of the crazier things about it was I, I had so many black and blues, and I don't know if y'all noticed or went to any of the tackle stores. They were pretty pick clean, and you know that's understandable in most of the country right now. So just about all the colors they had left were some of the dumbest Senko colors I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> I don't know if it was the profile, but it didn't matter. I still bought them because I needed Senkos, and they still they still ate the crap out of them, and it was it was pretty awesome. It was a bunch of fun. I'll tell you from from pre-fishing, especially until day two of the tournament, you know, we got a ton of rain. I mean, torrential downpours, roads washed out, trees falling. It was crazy. The water dirtied up quite a bit where we were. And I had to switch. I was throwing the deal initially in pre-fishing is what I was catching them on because the water was fairly clear. But as the water dirtied up, I had to switch. I switched to yoga pants. And that darker color got five or six times you know more bites i think i think the darker colors and and matthew scotch touched on this um in his speech at at the award ceremony he was catching them on a black fluke a black fluke how many people are throwing that not many why i don't know but i think it had to do with something about that rain and the water color shifting but those fish really seem to key a lot on darker colors I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go, after hearing Scotch talk, I'm not going to go to Pickwick without black flukes ever again. Dude, that was nuts. <laughs> I, I, my, and I, I, I commented this on somebody's post earlier, but AJ's dog s- sniffing and scratching at that guy's shoes and then also sniffing at, um, at Matt's crotch, I have to wonder if there was some sort of common thread there. 
Did he have some scent in his pocket? Or what? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what that guy stepped in. I don't know what the what the relation was. There was uh, definitely a connection. I'll tell you what, though. Scotch is, uh, <laughs> Scotch is one of the most calculated anglers that I know. I, I really respect him for that reason. And uh, he... You know, he, he mentioned uh, in his recap that he didn't catch those fish. And he, he whacked them in this tournament. He finished third. And he named, on day one, he didn't have any of his fish till the last hour. And I, I just wanted to bring that up. That's I applaud that because I know a lot of guys would have, you know, would have checked themselves out. And I think that's pretty dang cool. Here. I, he was in the area. and But like Jeff, like Jeff said, he was in an area that was that – was, super popular you know not only were there a lot of kayak anglers there but there were a ton of bass boats there and i think sticking with that and you know as you see the day roll on the bass boat guys kind of lose interest and they start running around you know just trying to cover more water so they pull off those hot spots i think all that kind of factors into the activity of the fish like the fish know when there's 20 bass boats around you, you can't if you're in the water you can't not hear 20 trolling motors running around. I mean, yeah, I think right. I think persistence and sticking with what you know, having confidence that there are fish there, I think that is is a, a big motivator into, you know, why people like Matt Scotch find success so frequently. Yep, yep. And, you know, Ryan, you would appreciate this. I mean, an, an, animals are nuts in the way they just kind of learn things. And, and fish that, that get fished for in tournaments that often, you know, they, they get – they get accustomed to just feeding later in the day because they know that they're getting fish for in the morning. And you would appreciate this. I've actually got a duck hunting spot that I don't ever show up to until like 11 o'clock. <laughs> You're on that C spot. After they've been shot two other spots, they fly into yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I will go hunt somewhere else in the morning and I can count on if I don't shoot anything there, I can go over to this other place and all the birds are going to show up at like 11 or noon and you can't hunt past one. Um, so... And by 11 at noon, there's nobody there anymore. First thing in the morning, there's 20 trucks over there. <laughs> and Love those it. Birds know that everybody leaves by about 9 or 10, and they show up, and I've had some incredible hunts afternoon. And it can be that way in fishing. It was certainly that way for scotch, and I just thought that was cool. I thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. I thought, I mean, it was impressive to me when I checked the leaderboard, and at one point it was like, you bdh and scott like texas was pretty much you know running the show in the in the top five there and i'm like what what in the world is going on we're set out here on the tennessee river we let all these texas boys come in and kick the door in yeah. it's kind of embarrassing and she's like hey you know let's talk about this for a minute i mean you won the tournament you just talked about matt being in third christine came in second she smashed him on day one had a good day too as well so what was it like for all three of y'all to share the stage you know, one, two, three, like that. Uh, you know, all being so close and tight friends, and, and, and you know that relationship there. So that that was pretty dang cool. I uh, I can't even explain how cool that was to me. You know, um, but let me tell you what's funny about all of that. We were all in three polar, completely different parts of the lake. Um, I think I was about 20 miles from Scotch and 40 miles from Christine. <laughs> and we were all doing totally different things. And that was so cool that to me that the three of us ended up finishing in the top three. And that, in my opinion, speaks volumes about the fishery that we were on and, 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 and really shows you just how, you know, how cool the Tennessee river can be that you can literally be anywhere and make something happen and put up a good sack. I mean, the lake may have fished small, but there were certainly a lot of ways to catch them. And this weekend proved that. And for that reason, I can't wait to go back to Pickwick and experiment a little more. I think that is one of the, the key selling points. People always you know, kind of harp on and bring up the fact that there are so many tournaments on the Tennessee River system, but the Tennessee River system is is huge, number one, but it's all dam controlled, and in, in most fisheries, you have uh, several miles of, like, true river section, 
uh, that you can fish. But then on the lower ends, you have the more spread out backwater, you know, shallow water fishing that you would expect. Uh, I think I think offering that variety is what continues to draw these tournament series back to the Tennessee River because you can literally pick any way you want to catch them. Jordan Marshall, man, the story he told and the pictures he posted, like he was back in some stuff, man. Like he <laughs> he was he was in somebody's somebody's backyard ditch. It looked like uh, that he slid off into, but you can find kind of whatever suits your style uh, to catch fish. I know Christine was up in the river and she posted that magnum smallmouth uh on day one but but you know she had a a solid mixed bag it wasn't like you know she was purely smallmouth fishing she had a she had big largemouth as well she she put together a really good pattern again just on river fish that are current related and i think i think that's one of the one of my favorite things about the tennessee rivers you kind of pick your poison no for sure for sure and everybody you know everybody had their little adjustment that they made that made their tournament. I know for me, you know, I had to slow down and thankfully I found, I I realized that in practice. Um, I know that uh, uh, Christine was saying during the tournament that she realized that the fish, at least where she was at, you know, they were so used to seeing these big baits and she really downsized and it made a huge difference for her. And then Scotch, you know, sticking it out and deciding to, uh, to go with the black fluke, something that I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't have ever thought of, um, and catching them. I think, I think that too just speaks volumes about, you know, a true tournament fisherman stays in the game no matter what, constantly tries to make adjustments to figure out. And a lot of times those adjustments don't mean moving spots. A lot of times those adjustments mean just reaching into your tackle box and getting a little creative. I don't even know that I've ever seen a package of black flukes. It's amazing that he had those instruments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, shit. It's crazy that he even had those in his bag. Like, he was had that in there just in case. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly kind of shocked, too. I, yeah. I live with – a lot of you may know this. I lived with Scott for about five years, and I, yeah. I don't think I ever even heard him mention throwing a fluke. He was day. keeping that secret from you. He had the black flukes <laughs> under his mattress. <laughs> His entire life, he was waiting for this moment to bust us out. (laughs) I got him on this one. So a a fun story that came out of this, I actually drove down. I I live about three hours from Pickwick. I drove down and got on the water to pre-fish, and I'm looking everywhere for my PFD, and I can't find it. And I'm like, you idiot. Like, I left it in my bass boat. And I'm like, "That that was so stupid. Well, I fold my seats down in my truck. I'm like, there's got to be something somewhere. And there is... Siddiqui's NRS PFD that he left in my truck at Possum Kingdom. And I'm like, great, I'm going to wear Siddiqui's PFD this whole time. So I'm meeting Siddiqui to drop his PFD off after awards, and he's telling me about, about Scotch and the Black Fluke. Siddiqui took a Sharpie and broke it open and... <laughs> And put it on his white fluke and began catching bass on his new newly made black fluke, thanks to Scotch. There you go. Christine Fisher confirming that story. (laughs) It was hilarious. That's awesome. Adjust on the fly. That's what you got to do. There's a few questions I want to get back to. Let me see here. I lost one of them. Oh, Brian. He said, ask Guillermo about the fajitas. How about the fajitas? Is there a story there? Evidently, they're pretty magical because just about everybody in our house cashed a check. Okay. <laughs> but Brian's cashed several checks off your fajitas, correct? Yes, including a win. And then, what do you put inside them, would you say? Uh, lots of love and affection. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. oh my. <laughs> I love that. How much love? No, never mind. That 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 was Jeff. That was Jeff Malott, everyone. Hey, uh, Brandon Watson asked, anybody post up a slam? All three species in their, in their limits. Anybody in the top ten anyway? I know you caught a big spot, didn't you, Ryan? I had a spot in my limit, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, there you go. Yes, somebody did. There were some good spots in there. Who? Somebody in our house was talking about catching some 18-inch spots pre-fishing. I, I think 16 or 17 is the biggest shaner I caught. Uh, down there I heard about a few big ones in practice. 
I mean, those are not uncommon. Like I, everybody knows, I fish the tailray stuff quite a bit around the lock walls and whatnot. And I mean, I generally catch eighteen and nineteen inch spots every year down here. Those aren't rare by any. They're not the Coosa River spots, but I mean, they're big for spotted bass in the Tennessee River. So it's not shocking that those are down in Pickwick. Now I did hear, I, I did hear that. Uh, um, there's a lake that's connected. I think I've heard Adam Reiser talking about it. There's a lake that's connected to Pickwick, and apparently that lake has Coosa spots in it. Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't shock me if, if there was a little bit of hybridization going on in Pickwick. I, that's the one that Yellow Creek connects, if I'm not mistaken, right? The lake in Mississippi or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him mentioning that it has some gigantic spots in it, and so maybe there's something going on there. I wouldn't doubt that. Bay Springs. There you go, BDH. Good map uh, study. Taylor chimed in a minute ago, said she can Brian can only go if he stays with you from now on, G, I guess. Woo! Gotta get okay. the magic sauce. All right then. Jeff Sherwood said he had a seventeen inch spot in practice. Yeah, it was Jeff. I knew it. See, I knew it was somebody in our house. There's another story. I'm trying to find the picture of it, Ryan. How about that smallmouth Jesse caught at the house? <laughs> gosh behind the house we're we're sitting there after day one everybody's like taking showers getting ready to go to dinner or whatever and we're like where's jesse at like come on man we're trying to go eat we're starving to death we get a picture in our like house group chat of jesse holding this like 21 and a half inch smallmouth and i'm like did this dude like did he go to a dam like where (laughs) i see the concrete he's literally so our house was above florence on Wilson Lake, Jesse is showing Tarek how to throw a fluke. I mean, this is a great testament to, you know, the little kayak fishing community. So, so Tarek's asking questions on how to throw a fluke, and Jesse's like, hey, man, come on down. I'll show you. And then catches a freaking giant smallmouth off our boathouse. I mean, insane. Run, run, run of the mill white fluke. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, crazy story. It's cool to see. It kind of fired him up for day two, I think. Went out there and, and smashed Gosh, it. Gosh, destroyed. He said he did that on a fluke, too. Apparently, Jesse is the fluke master. Yeah. So I was fishing a big grass flat there in the middle of the river, and I was throwing a fluke, Ryan. And I saw some little dinks come up and look at it and then throw me the middle finger and not eat it in the grass. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. But. Was it black? No, it was just a white caffeine okay. head. They did not throw touch Throw it. a black fluke, please. Yeah, I had a Sharpie. If I'd have known, I'd have, I'd have busted that son of a gun open <laughs> all over them. That things. is nuts. I still, I don't even believe that. I think, I think Scotch told that story so everyone throws black sharp or black sharpies, yeah, like, black flukes it. from now on. Like he's, he's just, he just played y'all. He's like, I got them fools. They don't even know. Yeah. Uh, any more questions for Guillermo? Uh, before we wrap the night up here in a little while, I know we've got him, got him for a while. Is, is Christine there with you or no? Or is she watching somewhere? Yeah. Just got there? Okay. I mean, she's a runner-up. We were going to maybe throw her and ask a question or two. But um, I know she had a big, big day one and, and hung in there for day two to get second. But uh, let's see here. Getting some questions flying in. Uh, Sherwood said Tarek's in therapy. I don't know why. Is it something Sherwood did? <laughs> That's actually a very good question. There, there's no, no telling on that. Yeah, Jesse's telling me ditch the caffeine shag, go with the actual flute. We'll do. We'll do, Jesse. Thank you. All right, Christine says, nah, give G a spotlight. All right, you're the runner-up. Okay. Like you had a slouch okay, of a fam. deal. Okay, fam. Yeah, we, I mean, we're just uh, being nice and polite. We really didn't want to talk to you anyway, so thanks. So what's it like, Guillermo, when, when you look at the leaderboard and you see Christine has just absolutely crushed them on day one? Are you like – I'm about to I'm about to upset the turnip cart here, or you're like you know, good job you, you <laughs> no. can win this one. I what I, was your thought process? She she is she's one of those people that you know when she knows about a way that she can catch them, she's going to try to make that work, and dang near every time she does, which is the crazy thing. So uh, I knew. I knew she was going to catch on that pickwick. I mean, I absolutely knew it. She's won a tournament there before. She understands how those fish work, and she understands how to fish for pressured fish, and she understands how to fish around people. She's no, she's no stranger to fishing in pressured situations. She's great at it, and uh, 
when I saw that uh, that she was smashing them, I was I was pretty stoked for her. Um, but uh, of, of course, I wasn't gonna let her have it easy. <laughs> and I knew she would too. And uh, I, I ended up winning, but um, but I'm so stoked that she was able to finish second. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, her and I have been have been incredible friends for a really long time. And I couldn't think of a better way for it to end, um, to have, uh, you know, my arms around one of my, you know, around two people that I move, uh, you know, I know and love so much. So it, it really meant a lot. And I'm so glad that it, it wound up that way. And uh, I hope we get the opportunity to do it again sometime. And I, and I hope that next time she, she beats me. Yeah. Was there any, uh, behind the scenes trash talk? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like that. It wasn't all just uh, hugs and kisses. It was a little little trash talk going on, a little competitive fire. I like that. Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we got some congrats coming in for you. Oh, Jesse explained why Tarek's in uh, therapy. I forgot about So Tarek, who stayed mm-hmm. with us, had that small mouth that Jesse caught off the dock, hooked the day before on a TRD or something and lost it. So then he watched Jesse catch it. That's no, that's not the, that's not the story. I know he he threw gear. out the TRD and a bluegill hit it. And Tarek is reeling up the bluegill and this big small mouth comes up and smashes it and it shakes off. And Tarek just lets the bluegill float there in the water. The small mouth comes up again and grabs it and he just feeds it line, lets it get it down and tries to get it up. And it finally came off as he was lifting it up out of the water. Yeah, and then uh, Jesse just rolls down casually, catches it on the fluke. So, yeah, there you go. I thought it was something Sherwood did because that was quite the deal as well, Jeff Sherwood. Quite the housemate, sir. Live bluegill. That's yeah. the that's the ticket. Next time I go to Pickwick, I'm fishing with live bluegill. Get one of those gillies and throw it around. New things. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we yeah. go. There we go. There we go. Um Oh, Joey Randall, shout out to AJ for letting uh, him borrow a drive. I guess he broke his drive oh, or lost a drive. Look at that, Joey. Yeah, AJ. And I got to meet uh, I got to meet Boone at the check-in. By the oh. way, <laughs> that was the funniest award ceremony that has happened yet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was in the water, but there were shots being shot, you know, little pokes being thrown. It was awesome. That was a great award ceremony. Great way to cap off the end of the season for sure. AJ was straight savage at the awards. <laughs> it was hilarious. Not even just AJ, everybody. I mean, everybody was, was having a great time. That was awesome. You did have a great time. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch because I was driving home with my tail between my legs at that time, so I wasn't. uh, Buddy, you you missed out on that one. And I mean, if you look at that award ceremony, and it was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that you're gonna see at the TOC and and probably on stage at the TOC. I mean, that was uh, a stacked field and and definitely, uh, you know, stacked top nine that that ended up cutting checks there it was hats off to all of you guys i mean obviously we're all friends we've all seen each other quite a bit but that was that was cool to to you know have those people in that room and and all of us kind of share in that moment yeah well, i got i got a couple more things for g for let him get out of here one what's your history on you follow how you feeling about the toc man it's just like pickwick i i, I know nothing about it um but uh i am very very excited uh you follow has always been on my list. To me, Eufaula is like uh, Alabama's Lake Fork, so to speak. And and maybe someone from Eufaula will, will say different, but at least from my perspective, it's, it's kind of always been that way. So it's definitely been on my list of lakes to go fish, and I'm so excited that I get the opportunity to compete there. And I'm also really excited for, I think, this year's TOC. I think I could have sworn – and maybe I could have it's, it's going to be three days. Yep. Three days. Yep. You're correct. And that is going to be cool. It's going to be exhausting, but it's going to be cool. It's going to make it a unique challenge that we haven't really encountered aside from in national championships before. And, uh, I'm pretty excited to fish in a three day championship. I think that'll be really neat. You know, I think different strategies will, will play as a result. And it'll be interesting to see how all the kayak anglers adapt. Agreed, yeah. for sure. And then the other thing I had was for really for both of y'all. 
you know, BOS season's in the books. Uh, Bass wraps up this weekend. Uh, KBF's done. So specifically for BOS, for 22, what lakes would you like to see pop up on the schedule, and which which ones would you like to see repeat? Um. Well, uh, this year BOS didn't go to Fork. I love going to Fork, um, but I'm not I'm not particularly upset about that because we went to Rayburn and I love Rayburn too. Um, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people after that bass event would love to see possum kingdom on any calendar again. I think a lot of people want another stab at that lake and me, you know, having, having it so close to home would love to see that on the calendar. Um, and, and I have a feeling one day down the line, the next few years, we probably will at one point or another. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I would love, let me think, let me think if there's anywhere else. I mean, there's all kinds of places I would love to see them go. I would also, love to go back um I, I think i saw someone put broken bow i i would love to go back to broken bow um i don't think we we didn't i've been there when that lake is on and it, it's it's ridiculous um and i'm gonna throw another one out that uh i would love that we you know i at this time of the year i, I didn't enjoy this lake near as much as i feel like i would in the spring but uh, I really like Washita, and I think uh, that's Ryan's favorite lake. I think at a different Done. time of year could be pretty dang cool. I don't ever want to see Washita again. I hate to go against <laughs> you there, G, but if I never had to t- try to pronounce that name again, I would actually be okay. <laughs> that was depressing—a depressing trip. Jeez, I will agree. Possum Kingdom showed out. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it was because it was flood stage and all of Mark's fish were laid up on the ramp trying to get out of the water, but uh, that was that was super fun. I think that one, uh, that one, or somewhere in the area that fish is similar would be great. I don't know how you could take Susky off a of schedule. Like I think Susky, the area, the fishing, everybody. I mean, it's so competitive. Like it, you were. I mean, the top twenty were like one or two fish from it being a completely different dynamic. I don't know how you could you could change that up. I um, I, I wouldn't I, mind seeing St. Clair or something like that thrown in there. I like I like seeing maybe St. Lawrence River if you want to open up some borders on that one. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that myself. Yeah. I saw someone mention Darnell. I yeah. actually really like that. Lake. I like I like Darnell. I wish I would have done something different on day one, but I mean, I really did like Darnell and the way it's set up and the style of fishing. Yeah. The one I keep pounding the drum for in Arkansas, if we could ever get one there, is Bull Shoals. Bull Shoals is a great best lake in Arkansas with me. Uh, I think everyone would have a great time there. It's got all three species. Uh, I've told AJ that before. So anyone from Arkansas that's watching, there's a few of you. Back me up on Bull Shoals. Uh, <laughs> hurry, I, hurry. Uh, Tell I, I have fished Norfolk, which is Bull Shoals' neighbor, and right. had a blast. And I can imagine that Bull Shoals isn't all that different. No, it's awesome. It's even better. And if you fish it in the springtime, there's a thousand miles of buck brush to flip. There's all kinds of different you know cover to, to get into. So it, it'd be a, a lot of fun. But I like that. Yeah. I heard the nightlife at Broken Bow is really nice. That was. Uh, the report from Dylan and Sanderson. So it's a wild, it's if, a wild if that one happens again, I'll I'll probably make that drive. Yeah, I think there's more. Time. I think there's more dispensaries <laughs> per capita than any place in the United States. It wasn't the dispensary. There was something about some two stepping and a and a casino or something is is what I got report on. Yeah. Hey, look at there. We got a, a special guest in the comment. Uh, ah, hey. look at this. This is a setup, Jeff. This Get is a setup. Yeah, yeah, Justin Malone. You know what I think. Hang on, I didn't mention this. You know what I think would be pretty cool. Um, so, uh, we've all fished lacrosse. We've all fished pool seven, eight, nine. I think it would be so cool if we got to fish some of the other pools in, in, uh, in, uh, on the Mississippi river. I've heard a lot of amazing things about 10 and 11, and I've heard a lot of amazing things about, uh, five and six. So I think it would be so cool if, if, uh, but I, I don't know that that'll ever happen. I know lacrosse, uh, lacrosse takes you know lacrosse takes a lot of pride in their fishing and they and they always want to and they 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 love having us and i love them for having us um but uh, i think it would be cool to get to fish some of the other pools in that area i've heard a lot of amazing things about them 
Somebody else said that. Who else said that, Ryan? Somebody we had on after the cross that mentioned that? Or maybe it was just some side conversation about fishing some different pools up there. I don't recall. Yeah, that would be cool. For sure. Uh, there was a bunch of – somebody said Toledo Bend. Uh, Christine mentioned Mille Lacs. Dale Hollow was mentioned. That would be a good one. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what, what shakes out with that. Dale Hollow is a timing thing. Dale Hollow has good largemouth and, and obviously world record smallmouth potential. Um, but we fished it in the winter time, and I'm not gonna lie, that was rough. That was uh, that was like getting beat with a cane pole. It was it was tough to endure for for young Jackson's birthday. But uh, I think I think Dale Hollow does have potential to show out. I, Millax, I again, that's a long way out for everybody. But all the reports and pictures I've seen would be a great time. I mean, that's that's some big old big old brown fish up there. Yeah. The cool thing is between all the trails, you know, hopefully bass goes to two day next year. Uh, I don't know what KBF's going to look like next year. Hobie, the all American series, they branched out. So you can find a big tournament on, you know, just about any of your favorite bodies of water. So we're gonna have a lot of choices next year. I can't wait to see all the schedules as they, as they come out here soon. Ryan Van Tyne said he's going to be a little cordial because my son was in the group chat. My son's a grown adult in the military. There's nothing you can do that or say that he has not heard. So don't, <laughs> that, right? don't test him, Vantine. Please yeah. do not take that as a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> continue on, continue on yeah, being yeah. cordial. Yeah, and and actually, he said he may fish some of these tournaments with tournaments with me next. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah, out, don't call it a comeback. Get out on the road. Yeah, put it on my head a little bit because he can catch him out of the mud puddle, so he'd have a good time. Well, tell him to come find us. Christine knows how to make a beer pong table out of a closet door, so that's okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Ryan. A little trivia. I am. I am old, so thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Lambert makes mention of that at every possible uh, op- uh, chance. Usually, when we're listening to live music and you can't you can't hear it or see it. Yeah, I'm, I can't hear and I'm yawning at 8:30. Lambert's giving me hell. Oh, good times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting up against it, but there's there's some announcements we wanted to make before we get out of here. G, welcome to stick around to hear these. I hope you I hope you do before we let you go. I have so, a surprise announcement that I'm going to yeah. make before we get out of here. It's my dad's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Steve Lambert. Good job, buddy. Happy birthday, man. Good yeah. job. Yep. Hanging in there. The second announcement is so we we alluded to the fact that we're bringing on some sponsors for the podcast they're going to be you know supporting us promoting us giving us product to give away to you guys uh the first one is uh the dugout bait and tackle jamie coza they're going to be coming on as our title sponsor um effective october one so you'll 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 be seeing uh kind of the the layout here at kbn change up some and the second and jeff if you want to comment on this we, we encountered an opportunity a few months ago with a sunglass company. And, you know, there are a million sunglass companies. A lot of them are, are suspect at best. So we're like, all right, you know, let's, let's test this out. Let's make sure we're good here before we put our name on it because people kind of expect us not to <laughs> feed them a bunch of crap. So it's uh, Revo Sunglasses is, is the brand. So they sent us some glasses, uh, glass lenses, super high-quality product, lightweight comfortable we tested them out i tested them out and i called jeff and i was like dude you know this is a pair i got what'd you get what do you think on it unanimous decision super happy to have them on as partners they have been in the outdoor space for a long time uh like you know in skiing and hiking that kind of thing and never really crossed over into fishing so we're we're gonna try to uh bring them into the fishing industry Yes, sir. So we're proud to welcome, and I can attest to that. We've Ryan and I, like you said, have had our hands on these for a while. Ultralight glasses, very comfortable. Uh, lenses are great in, in the bright sun, and, and you know, uh, able to see right down in the water like we want to with that glare. And they're comfortable all day long. We put them on some people, and they couldn't believe how light they were even with the last the glass lenses. So, two big sponsor announcements for KBN. So we're glad to welcome them. We'll be starting that in in October. Um, and we f- maybe a few more announcements coming down the pipe here soon, huh, right? I'm trying, man. I'm out here working. So there I'm you go. Casting, man. It's it's a numbers game. I'm casting. I'm flipping as much as I can. Somebody's gonna buy it in a minute. Yeah, man. We've got some uh, some codes we can share with y'all is when we get this all finished up for Revo. Uh, we'll be doing some giveaways with some Revo stuff. Maybe a little throw and shade Mondays, and then some stuff with dugout. Yeah, boy. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna try to give back to y'all because you guys have supported us so much over these last couple of years, uh, growing this page and doing this podcast. We've had a lot of fun with it. So, 
Uh, my son is talking trash to you in the comments a little bit, right? He don't want the, he don't want the smoke, Jeff. Tell smoke. him, right. hey, see see me on the cornhole boards, pool table, basketball court. I don't care. Hey, yeah. come fish with us. It don't matter. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. Kid's a monster. You don't want to play him in basketball. But the other stuff, shit, you, might, you might get him. No, get him. don't care. I heard a trash talk from his daddy, then he faked some kind of inner ear stuff. I don't know. We had a hoop in the driveway. Nobody wanted to roll it. Nobody said anything to me. I'm pretty that. sure you're the one that pushed it over onto Shane's Outback. You're like, they're going to ask me to play ball in a minute. Just push oh, the basketball oh, goal over. No. All right, damn it. We'll do this. <laughs> I'll bring him on <laughs> yes, let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, thanks, Tarek, for the congrats on that. Uh, it's going to be a good time with those those companies. A anything else for uh, Guillermo before we get out of here? Anybody from the crowd or you, Ryan? You want to ask SG before we let him get some rest from driving? I, th I think we covered it. I, you know, great job, as always. This is uh, another notch in the belt for you. Um, I can't wait to see you at the TOC, man. We're going to have a good time. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, yeah. man. You're, you're the man. Happy belated birthday, and congrats Thank once you. again, buddy. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Yeah, and thanks everybody for watching tonight. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. What do you say, Ryan? See you everybody next Monday. Let's do it. All right, man. Thank y'all. See y'all next week.